0: But I think both of us would agree that it's usually the first thing that gets forgotten or doesn't get aligned with what you're actually doing in your business and, and almost sits separate to your marketing and gets left aside very quickly and easily. Welcome back to another episode of the Thought Leaders Business Lab. Great to have you here. Joining us for another episode, I'm your co-host for today, Samantha Riley, and joined alongside Tim Hyde. How are you, Tim?
1: I'm doing well, Sam. How are you?
0: I'm doing very well, thank you.
1: Good. That's good. Interesting week. Lots going on, as always. And I hope that uh, for all our listeners today, you've had a really successful week and kicking some goals as we move into March already almost into April
0: hang on move into March we're nearly finished March right that's what
1: (laughs) how quickly
0: the seasons are changing the year is moving ahead very quickly how
1: quickly has this year gone it is
0: flying how weird is it though I don't know about you Tim but for me I I always have a look at my Facebook memories every day and very weird just watching all these memories from a year ago the last couple of weeks and just thinking wow that just seems so long ago now that the world completely changed and for most of us the amount that we've actually changed pivoted worked all the things in the last 12 months is quite it's quite amazing
1: well look for so many of us you know almost 12 months ago to the day this is when covid became a thing really you know,
0: that's what I'm talking about. Yeah,
1: it was, you know, in February, it was something that was happening somewhere else. And yeah, we knew about it, but certainly March and April was when things really started to be affected. And, and 12 months on, you know, we're all hopefully still ticking along. Um, I've managed to put in some strategies and things to, I guess, build some better foundations around marketing. That's one of the conversations that we're going to have today is, Is one of those real foundational elements of getting your marketing machine working correctly
0: this is an interesting one when you and i came up with this topic because it's what we're talking about is something that everyone does at the beginning of setting up their new business or their new program but i think both of us would agree that it's usually the first thing that's gets forgotten or doesn't get aligned with what you're actually doing in your business and and almost sits separate to your marketing and gets left aside very quickly and easily.
1: Yeah. Now, we are, of course, talking about your customer avatar and getting that particularly right, but it becomes back to this almost academic exercise that I've ticked the box and I've done an avatar and now let's move on.
0: (laughs) And now let's do the thing.
1: (laughs) Absolutely. Now, ironically, I did get a, a, comment, a question raised on LinkedIn overnight from Danny Marlow. So, Dan, shout out to Danny, who's in my network now. And he said, you know, hey, look, great profile, Tim. You seem super, you know, knowledgeable and interesting. And-
0: oh, did he really say that or are you just making that up?
1: <laughs> he did, actually. I noticed. It was beautiful. Right? This is, just, you know, this is, I'll get your your perspective on what Danny's actually doing here. Now, the question itself is actually, I think, a pretty valid question that so many of us, you know, might be juggling. But anyway, he's gone. I've got a controversial question that I've been asking a few people on LinkedIn lately, and he asks, "In your opinion, is it okay to use LinkedIn to add people into your network and then pitch them your offer, or do you think that's spammy? And LinkedIn is meant for people to seek you out." you know, when they need your services. I would love to hear your thoughts. But this does come back to this idea of actually, you know, who is in your audience in the first place, doesn't it, Sam?
0: Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. And I'm finding social media, there's so many people on social media getting this really wrong right now. And that is, especially on Instagram and LinkedIn, really, hey, how are you? Here, buy my thing without giving a any consideration to who that other person is and let's not even that's only the beginning of the conversation like i don't know you i don't want to buy but really taking that first piece am i the right person that you should be speaking to right now
1: yeah well i think you know there's two schools of thought here on so look when we look at our linkedin our instagram our our facebook it's not just for connecting with friends and, and following. I guess particularly in a business context, if we're going to use these tools effectively, you don't want to fill it with just your friends because your friends will never buy from you, hopefully.
0: Oh, well, that's, yeah.
1: Mate, sometimes they will. Sometimes they will. Right? But uh, more often than not, you know, there's a, there's a whole bunch of your friends who are not in your target market. And so I think that your social platforms are there for really, let's call it from a business context, one of four purposes, right? That's to find clients, find partners. Find suppliers or find people can open doors to one of the first three. Mm-hmm. Now, that really only happens if on two things, right? Firstly, that you're connecting with the right people, and mm-hmm. that comes back to the customer avatar, which we'll explore more in a sec. But also that you've actually got a deep a relationship that's deep enough. Then, you know, just that superficial "hi, buy from me." So it definitely helps to build a relationship and you do want to build a relationship with the right people.
0: Absolutely.
1: So let's go back to customer avatar very quickly, Sam, because I think we do these customer avatars. We, we often just go, this is my demographic, you know, I want
0: And what we're talking about here is where do they live, how old are they, how many children do they have, how many dogs do they have, what type of car do they drive. And when I first learnt about ideal client avatars, this is the way it was taught to me. And which was interesting because I kind of got it and I always had thought there's such a big piece to this missing. There's such a huge piece missing because that's like saying, you know, I'm Connor's mum. You know, it's not thinking about the person as a whole. It's just looking at one tiny little piece. Well, yes, I am Connor's mum, but I'm also Sam and there is so much more to me than where I live.
1: Yeah, our avatars, our customers are actually really complex. And I think and we were, actually, we got onto a tangent after last week and we almost chatted for another hour on, on custom avatars after last week's episode. And I think the thing that is missing from a lot of avatar profiles is that not only the transition that they'll make from their before state to their after state, but how they'll feel at different points of your customer journey. So how do they feel? How do you make them feel when you first connect with them? That they go, that was awesome. I want to do more of that. Mm-hmm. How do they feel when you give them that first opt-in to a resource or something of value? What is interesting to them at that particular point in their customer journey? So this avatar actually needs to be a little bit more complex and deeper describe the journey we take them on at different stages as well as just their you know mum of three kids who lives in you know sydney etc 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 doesn't it
0: yeah absolutely let me just say one i just want to touch on one thing you talked about the journey tim and i think this is where people go really wrong as well because they think i connect with someone and the journey is just the next step is they buy my thing. And it's not that at all. What I want you to think about as we're talking this through is put yourself in the body or think through the eyes of if you were your avatar, would you buy from someone the first time you meet them? Or do you need to, it's almost like, you know, dropping the breadcrumbs. Do you need to sort of go on this journey of now I'm going to do this? Now I want to watch their video. Now I want to hear their podcast. Now I want to do this thing. And really think about that, how you would buy and then turn that around.
1: Yeah, I know, you know a couple of years ago, I, I did a consultation with a with a young South African guy who was living in New York and he was doing exactly that. He was like, let me connect with you and buy from you. And obviously he'd consumed a whole bunch of the, the direct sales copy market, which was, you know, let's convert you right now while I've got your attention because I know I won't have it tomorrow. And I did ask him at the time, I said, is that how you buy from you? <laughs> He's like, yeah, no.
0: No, of course not.
1: I said, Are your client's like you. He's going, yep. And I said, well, why do you think they're going to suddenly respond to this approach? You know, your avatar, why do you think they'll respond to this approach? He's going, oh, it's a really good point. And we do forget that. We do forget to sort of come back to avatar and go, at this point in, my, in their journey, what does my avatar want to see from me, hear from me, how do they want to feel? And what is the, I guess, the carrot and maybe even the stick that encourages them to take that next step?
0: Well, our avatar is a real person. They're a real person with real feelings, real desires, real frustrations. They're not just someone that's going to give you a credit card. And I think that we really need to think of this ideal client avatar as a real person. What are they feeling? What are they seeing? So that we can help to create this journey that we're going to take them on.
1: The problem that I see with marketing all the time, and I know you and I both have this conversation with our clients on a regular basis, Sam, is actually if you get this wrong, you start to fill your audience with the wrong people who then attract more of the wrong people into your network. And you go, well, there's you know people in front of me who want to buy, but they tend to be the wrong people buying as a result. And that has all sorts of issues down the track. What are your thoughts on that? How often do you refer back to your avatar when you're connecting with your network or creating your marketing materials
0: i feel that i connect i go back to my idol club avatar very often more than most because i know i asked you and i won't give away what you said to me but i was like oh not enough (laughs) (laughs) that was what i was saying i was like is that all (laughs) because i actually really go back to this probably at least once a month like i am that I was going to use a word that I probably shouldn't use. I'm very hyper-focused and I'm very aware that it doesn't take much. And if you start to sort of veer off on social media, it can veer you off really, really quickly because the algorithm is picking up people. So you might only pick like connect with two or three people that are not your ideal client avatar. Or as you mentioned earlier, Tim, those one, two, three, or four people. If I'm connecting with someone that doesn't fall into one of those four buckets, All of a sudden, the algorithm starts serving up people that are, you know, a bit left of field and you can get caught very, very quickly with an audience of the wrong people. So I do go back to it very often.
1: Yeah. Facebook in particular, I think, you know, Facebook has such an incredibly advanced matching algorithm based on behaviors and likes and and stuff that people follow. And you'll notice this yourself. If you start watching cat memes, your newsfeed will be full of cat memes. Mm -hmm. And then you'll be presented with a bunch of other people who also have their newsfeed full of cat memes. And it is curated that way to present the people with like interests and groups that you'll be interested in. They'll start popping to the top of your list when you search for relevant groups. And you're absolutely right, Sam. If you start connecting with the wrong people and start engaging with the wrong people, you will very quickly find more of the wrong people connected in with you. And I think it's really important that whether you're doing it or whether your virtual assistant is doing it for you and when you connect with people, that you have that idea of this avatar and the journey you take them on front and centre. Now, if you need to edit a, you know, your wallpaper on your computer that says, this is my customer avatar, right, and have it there that you see it all the time, give them a name if you need to. If you've got several different custom avatars, put them all there. But you've got to have it somewhere really obvious where you can see who it is. And the people on your team can see who that is as well.
0: Absolutely. Really good point. It's something I went through with a couple of my girls last week because they've gone a little off and I had to bring it back and say, this is the person. But I just wanna quickly share a story when I realized how effective knowing your ideal client avatar is. And it was probably back as early as 2013. I can still remember this moment because it was such a light bulb moment. And I'd been trying to write an email for way longer than I should have been trying to write an email. Like now I can do an email in, in minutes. This. Had taken me hours. And I kept, you know, I kept writing and backspacing and writing and backspacing. And I kept thinking, this is confusing me. It's going to confuse someone else. And at this point, and it took me hours to get to this point, I realized that what I was doing was writing an email that was speaking at different parts of the email to different people. And I just stopped, I deleted the whole lot thought of one of my client avatars and I sat there and I remember this so distinctly saying out loud to myself, what does Jean want to hear about right now? And I got that email out within 10 minutes. And it was at that moment that was a huge aha moment for me that you always need to know exactly that person that you are creating for at every step of the journey.
1: I think you've actually touched on something there that people don't do when they do their avatar. What does Jean want to know right now? So I would encourage you, if you haven't done this exercise, you know, take some time out today, this week, whenever, but put that call, a call, call a Jean, you know, put your demographic information because that tells you where Jean hangs out, but also put in, but you know, put a, a spreadsheet together almost and put getting to know you as a column, discovering if she's got an issue, sort of column and, and that sort of thing, right? And that question you just asked, Sam. What does she want to know right now? Answer. So they put those questions in, right? Mm-hmm. What does she want to know right now when she's getting to know you? Mm-hmm. Right? What do you want? What does she want to know right now? And, and how will she feel getting to know you? What does she want to know right now when she's exploring whether you're the right fit to solve a problem that she has? What does she want to know right now? All right? At your sales, you know, when she raises her hand and says, yep, I'm interested. What does she want to know right now at that stage? Okay, And if we can start to adjust our copy and conversations at that particular point, we're actually going to find that gene more seamlessly moves through our customer journey and gets to the point where they do buy from us more regularly. We're going to manage our expectations a lot better and we'll actually find ourselves having much better client experiences.
0: Absolutely, because that client experience, we often talk about that from the point of an onboarding like when you normally get a client and you're onboarding them, but that client experience starts from the very first time that person sees you. So that may be happening before you even know that that person exists. When they come into your world and they say, oh, who's this Tim or who's this Sam? Or, you know, who are you? That client experience starts at that exact point because they're already making up their mind You know, do I like this person? Do I agree with their values? How do they make me feel? Do they have an answer to my problem? Can they potentially solve this for me? They've got all sorts of questions that they need answered and they need to have that experience right from that step one.
1: Yeah. and Look, it makes a massive difference in the type of content that we create at different stages. You know, the content that you put into your, you know, email nurture sequence is going to be very different content from what you do to attract them into your email sequence in the first place. Absolutely. And if we don't answer that question and where they are, we'll we'll find that we're not actually moving people along, either attracting the wrong people in the first place or not moving them to where they need to be.
0: Absolutely. So today we want to leave you with... get to know who your ideal client is as an avatar using demographics but even more so start to think about the psychographics start to think how is it that they're feeling what frustrations are they going through what are their desires what are their challenges where do they want to get to and start to get a really good idea of the things that they're feeling and the things that they're saying
1: yeah and if you don't know heaven forbid pick out a bunch of really awesome clients and ask them
0: yeah absolutely absolutely so i guess the piece that what's the piece that you would like to leave people with today tim
1: i think the piece that i would like to leave people is is really that the, your success absolutely critically depends on you filling your audience with the right people in the first place yeah. and understanding the journey you want to take them on
0: absolutely so if you're someone that is thinking or maybe you've even said in the past couple of weeks i just want some more leads start here because it's possible and highly likely that you haven't curated your audience or haven't attracted the right people in your audience so definitely go back have a think about who this ideal client avatar is and really have a look are you speaking with these people on a daily basis
1: and do that regularly (laughs) (laughs) revisit it It more regularly than i do and you know at least
0: though i do have to say tim that after we chatted last week you did say okay i definitely need to do it so and you know what we're all human we're all none of us are perfect and it is about learning and we did have a great conversation last week and i'm glad that we did because now we're able to bring this topic to the show
1: Absolutely. Guys, if you have enjoyed today's episode, we'd love you to come and join us in the Thought Leaders Business Lab community on Facebook. You find this episode and a whole bunch of the other ones. What are we up to now, Sam? 260?
0: 260 something, I think.
1: 270 episodes. Fantastic. They're all on there on the Thought Leaders Business Lab community. All the conversations around those things. If you'd like to add to the dialogue, please do so. And there's a fantastic group of other business owners there who are going through the same challenges that you are that you can network with as well of course if you know someone who would like to listen in please share like and follow on all good podcasting channels and otherwise we'll see you next week
0: thanks so much for joining us today thanks tim today's episode may be over, but let's continue the conversation. Head on over to the Thought Leaders Business Lab community on Facebook and connect with other entrepreneurs who are building and scaling their business too. See you next time in the Thought Leaders Business Lab.